Sick. That's about it. Any exciting plans the rest of your day? I might go hang out with friends. I might stream. I don't really know. Oh, a streamer. What are you, what are you playing? I've been on. I've been streaming um, GTA Hell and yeah. uh, Tarkov a lot. Yeah. God, I wish I had like the willpower to get into Tarkov. It seems like such a, it's, a steep learning curve. It's, it's a very. She's a very cruel mistress. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brad. Where are you calling from? Uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. I'm from the UK. Uh, I live in Texas. And wherever you are, welcome to Blonde Radio. Hey, I'm Brad. I live on the west coast of Canada, and I have, like, way too many hobbies, and I love the feeling of the air right after the sun sets. And welcome to Blonde Radio where every week I book calls with strangers from around the world. Today we'll talk to Annie, who uses failure as a stepping stone in her culinary skills, Jadine, whose health struggles have brought her new insight, and Daniel, who recognizes the value in understanding each other and the tools it provides to his career. But first, this week at Blonde Radio on Instagram, I gave you guys a prompt, what keeps you inspired? Here's what you had to say. Hey Brad, my name's Omar. I'm calling from from Atlanta, Georgia. And my biggest source of inspiration comes out of love. Something that I've kind of figured out these last four months, five months in quarantine, whatever, is that loving yourself means holding yourself accountable to the highest standards possible. It's about wanting the best for yourself and figuring that out regardless of what other people say is what's good for you or what's bad for you. It's about really looking at yourself, reflecting and thinking about yourself your, your flaws and just accepting that and then from there wanting to fix that or improve on it of course not in a perfectionist sense but in terms of hey i want to try my hardest to give myself the best because i deserve the best and i feel like that's where my inspiration is starting to come from or where i want it to come from and that's what i want to do for myself hi i'm deb i'm calling from saskatoon saskatchewan so my biggest inspiration is my parents because they have worked so hard and just inspire me to do so much thing and always keep working hard and always like never give up on anything that i'm doing in my life so yeah hi i'm gabriela i'm calling from bogota colombia and my biggest inspiration are my friends because they help me to be a better person every time thanks to everyone who submitted a response and we'll hear more answers throughout today's show hello hello perfect uh, this is annie yeah yes Awesome. Nice to meet you. I'm Brad. Nice to meet you too. Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, Florida. Florida. Hell yeah. Yeah, that opposite coast gang. That's where it's at. Yes. <laughs> How's your day going? I mean, pretty boring. I mean, can't get any much better because of quarantine <laughs> and such. For sure. And uh, but it, it, it looks like Florida's. You got some hot spots over there. Yo, we've been spiking for like the last few days. Bruh. It's crazy. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm wishing you the best of luck. But regardless, do uh, tell me about you. Give me the little elevator pitch. Who are you? What do you do? Um, well, my real name is Lady Anne, mm-hmm. and that's where you get the Annie part is from the Anne. But um, chef in the making, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Cooking is what I love to do. I have to eat, so might as well love it. <laughs> I like that. When did this uh, this journey start for you? It sounds like it's a like major staple of your life, a slash career, you know. It started when I was young. Like, I just started incorporating, like, food into, like, anything I could do. Like, I would ask teachers, like, whenever we had, like, a special project in, like, elementary, like, I would always want to involve food, whether it be snacks. And what kid doesn't like snacks and candy, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then my mom started teaching me how to cook. And, like, I 
picked it up really quick and she said I was even better than her and my mom's food is pretty fucking good. Damn. Were mealtimes sort of like a, a big deal in your household growing up? Oh yeah, like we would wait we would have to wait for my dad to come home mm-hmm. to eat at the dinner table and then like we would have to set up everything on the table, clear it off, put the mats, the plates, like everything was you know, to order. Uh-huh. That's awesome. God, you'd be so depressed. I, I've been living, I've been renting my own place for a year now. It's really great. Uh, it's really affordable, but I don't have an oven. I have two hot plates. <laughs> oh no. It breaks my heart. It, um, you know, I'm doing a lot of stir fries and a lot of, uh, pasta. Leftover rice. Yes. Is yes. Key for fried rice. Amen. So you're good. But I, I do feel like I'm setting myself up to future cooking failure because like it takes me a good like 20 minutes to boil water. So all my timing is I feel like way off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's really like all about like failing, like as much Ooh, as it yeah. sucks to waste food. But mm-hmm. like you learn really quick how not to burn something. Do you feel like uh, you're quicker now, like o- over your years of learning, like do you feel like it takes you less trial and error to get towards success? Uh, Yes. Because, you know, once you know how, like, certain things work, like fats and, like, you know, water and liquid and acid, like, you kind of, like, learn the science behind it. And then you can cheat your way to (laughs) perfection, I guess. (laughs) I like that. That's sick. I saw you, you tried your hand at painting. Love that little piece you did. Do you often find yourself drawn to, like, new hobbies? Yeah. Like, I just pick up little things here and there. Like, occasionally I'll spray paint. Mm -hmm. Like, not vandalize, but... Of course, of course. You know, I'll make little <laughs> galaxies in my own little world. And it kind of helps me. Mm-hmm. Like whenever, because I can't be 24-7 food. That's impossible. Right. But it helps me kind of like get my brain juices flowing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I like so that. So just picking up different hobbies is pretty fun. Is there any particular at the moment that you're engaged in? Um, Creatively? No, not at the moment. Yeah. Because quarantine... I mean, might as well just play games and watch anime, so. <laughs> Damn, hell yeah. And uh, I I had to ask, do you still play League of Legends? And if so, why? Because it's not oh fun. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no one enjoys it. It's just pain. I actually played just yesterday, but I haven't yep, played today. Me too. Um, it's, it's, it's a love-hate relationship. Mm-hmm. I invested time into it that now it's just like I have to play it. And I spent some money on skins, so it's like might as well. <laughs> damn yeah you're already in the hole so why not so why not just embrace it mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm here for the ride <laughs> Do, have you reached the point where even winning doesn't feel good or are you still enjoying it <laughs> i mean like yeah and then at that point i'm just like i have to put it down and do something else yeah before i gone because then it doesn't even it doesn't even feel satisfying to play it at that point it's like what's even the point totally like it's whatever losing it sucks so it's like <laughs> what's the risk for amen well, thank you for uh, speaking with me today. I was wondering, the journey to becoming a chef, from my very small knowledge, uh, is is not a short one. It's <laughs> it's a long oh, one. Oh, no. Um, what keeps you motivated to keep going? What keeps me motivating is people's reactions. Mm. Like, when you hand someone food, most times it's going to be positive. But, like, when you see someone's genuine reaction, when you hand them, like, something good, and, like, you just see it in their eyes, I live for that. That's so special. Do you have, like... A distinct is there one that you keep coming back to a memory of like a reaction that just really um I think when I made my first like full like course meal even though like it was my typical rice beans and chicken but mm-hmm. it was really good and I winged it for the first time and t- like from two other people who I was 
I guess, kind of living with at the time. Right. Their reactions were just, they were silent. They didn't say anything. Like, that, to me, is the best compliment. Because when you're so invested in the food, they don't even want to bother doing anything else but eat it. Ooh. That's that's how I know. Yeah. Damn. It gives me chills. <laughs> Can't do anything else. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. What what advice could you give to someone who's on a maybe different path in their life, but also similarly long, like uh, keeping your nose to the grindstone? And how do you persevere through that? Don't take every failure as if it's the only one. Just know that there's going to be many more and it's okay because you have to eventually keep moving. You have to pick it up. You have to get better. And I'm, I don't think I would ever say that I'm going to like be a chef. Like even if I do have that title, but just know like you're going to fail and it's okay. Fail. Go ahead. Do it. (laughs) It's not, it's not going to hurt you. I like that. Yeah. That's my biggest, um, I make videos, whatever, but I live in a small town and there's not a lot of people that also are in my mind space because they're, yeah, that's the the huge thing is like, I feel like sometimes people are too scared to try. And it's like failing is a little bit the point. That's how you learn. Like it doesn't have to be perfect the first time. Because you're going to get it right eventually. And even when you do get it right, don't stop. Like that shouldn't be a stopping point at all. Mm -hmm. You like, you should just keep trying to fail so you can figure it out. Even though it feels like a step back, it's not, you can, it's, that's. Learning. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, and knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We know it. We know it. Sick. Awesome. Well, thank you again yes. for taking time out of your yeah, day no to problem. speak to me. Do you have any uh, exciting plans the rest of your day? Um, to be honest, now that you mentioned it, I might just play League. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, I, I wish you the best of luck on the Rift. Uh, All right, you as well. <laughs> but thank you for speaking with me. It's been super lovely. And uh, yeah, I'll stay in touch. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? My name is Ben. I'm calling from Toronto, Ontario. In terms of the whole inspiration thing, I think I keep myself inspired just because I've been surrounded by inspiring people my entire life. I mean, my dad is a uh, fairly successful, uh, I wouldn't say fairly successful, he's a very successful radio host. He sort of built his, his reputation up from the ground and he started off at a very small point. Because of that, his rise to success, I think, I think inspiration is sort of in my DNA. I, I don't know how to explain it otherwise. And, and uh, going into high school, I instantly met some pretty inspirational people. I think I immediately found friends who had similar interests to me in acting and film and was able to learn from them while working with them, which I think is a super unique and, and, and different way to learn or get inspired with some new artistic topics. And all throughout high school, I stayed friends with these people and I'm still friends with them today, just finishing up my first year of university. And it's because of those people that I was able to pursue my dream of, of becoming an actor someday. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is getting inspired from the very beginning as early as you possibly can is, is super important to me, I think. Hello. Hi. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. I'm Brad. Nice to meet Hi, you. Hi, I'm Jadine. Lovely. Jadine, awesome. Cool. Give me the... Uh, the elevator kind of pitch on you if you were to describe yourself to someone who maybe doesn't know you um i am a multidisciplinary creative Mm -hmm. so i work in mainly illustration i do photography and overall bring awareness to like well-being and health in that way and i'm also a type 1 diabetic so i advocate for awareness of that as well damn hell yeah and sorry are you you're calling from somewhere in the uk london perfect yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. (laughs) sick 
Awesome. Yeah. And it seems like just like looking through your feeds and stuff like fashion and self-expression is like super important to you. Like each post, Definitely. it feels like so unique. When did that start <laughs> for you? I've, I think I first got Instagram when I was in like year seven. Mm-hmm. And obviously at first I mainly posted because I have a cake, I have a cake business as well. So I mainly totally. posted like my cake and like my art and stuff. Just going through secondary school and I guess becoming more confident in my identity I just decided to kind of like express that through Instagram Mm. so that was kind of like my outlet to just be because I think like growing up where I am it's not always not everybody's as like self-expressive and it can feel like you're in a box when it comes to how you dress and everything like that so Instagram was definitely just a place that I could just do what I want yeah I've just been enjoying it really hell yeah and yeah definitely once you reach um or it can start engaging with people, yeah, like you're saying, outside of your immediate kind of bubble. Yeah, it's and so that's what I do liberating. Love about social media. Totally. Yeah. yeah, and your baking page. God, like, <laughs> at first I was like, oh, yeah, she's just, like, posting some photos on her main account of, like, cakes of she people, likes. <laughs> a lot of people, even people I know, were like, oh, I didn't think they were yours. I thought you just liked them, so you just <laughs> put them on your page. But, yeah, I started when I was, like, 11-ish, mainly baking for, like, friends and family. And then I'd done, like, an internship. As a team, we went to Canada and filmed an episode for The Big Bake. So baking's uh, done quite a lot for me. <laughs> Um, over the years that's awesome yeah when it comes to cakes as well I take I try to take like an artistic expression with it Mm -hmm. so it kind of falls in line with everything that I do it has to be creative and like push boundaries in some way I love that where where in Canada were you Toronto I think hell yeah hell yeah yes that's yeah (laughs) honestly like one of the two places that stuff happens in Canada for sure (laughs) yeah and uh, was that baking and food always a big part of your family or did you find that yourself? Or? Yeah, um, my grandma's a baker, uh, my mm-hmm. aunt. It just kind of is inevitable. And like a lot of my cousins, we all have like cake businesses of our own and like do different types of cakes and flavors and everything. So it was very easy for me to get into. I just kind of got a recipe off my godmother and then adapted it. And my family is quite encouraging when it comes to having your own business. So a lot of my family are entrepreneurs and support me in that way. So it was really easy to transition. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And I can't imagine what like family gatherings are like with a bunch of <laughs> it's it's so easy. Like yeah. we have one cousin that DJs. We have loads of cousins that DJ actually. Mm. Loads of people that cook, loads of people that do like decorations. So it's it's so like, oh okay, I wanna have a party. That's fine. <laughs> we have everyone there. <laughs> That's perfect. Awesome. I saw in a recent video you, you made. I guess we could probably address first because I just saw like mm-hmm. I, this was in the past year that you were diagnosed with diabetes. Yeah. What was yeah, so I could not I imagine. Six months. Right. Yeah. It was uh, really interesting because I have like type two diabetes in my family, mm-hmm. but nobody that I know of is type one. It was a thing where I was I wasn't feeling well for a couple of weeks. I'd lost a lot of weight and everything. Just by chance, my mom was like, we should probably just check it out just in case. And luckily we did because it would have been very like not cute (laughs) if I just kind of assumed it was just stress so I was tired and it's been a big change obviously uh with medication because I do like five injections a day Mm -hmm. and blood tests five times a day checkups in the hospital and stuff like that it's caused kind of like a riff in my relationship with my body because it starts to like separate there can be like a lot of frustration with that so I have to constantly remind myself that like like looking after myself and taking my medication is an act of rebellion and it's the biggest form of self-care for me to still be going even if like my body by itself wouldn't be able to do its job. Totally. So yeah. Yeah, that's um yeah, despite it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I wish you yeah, the best of luck. And Thank I can't you. imagine just like must be a huge adjustment period. 
And you mentioned in one video recently that I saw of yours that you address and like to talk about these personal struggles because in helping others, we can potentially Mm -hmm. help ourselves, which is like, that's such a power (laughs) statement. I love that mindset. Like what helped you come to that conclusion? I think just through using Instagram and my social media platforms, I found a lot of time that when I'm being more unapologetic for my own reasons in order to like get over certain fears and expectations, people respond to my stories and they're like oh this really helped me today and it's like oh I didn't intend to but cool like (laughs) I think it's great not having to I guess put you put in effort but when I'm doing it for myself there's less expectations there Mm -hmm. and inevitably it usually helps someone else whether it's like a slight blueprint or like you say one word and it's like it kind of like sets them off to be like you know what yeah let me do that as well or you know even with everything that I do because I have my hands in loads of different pots Mm -hmm. um sometimes people are like oh like you're so talented and stuff like that but I don't think what I try to addresses that talent I don't I don't really think talent exists because everything you work for it right Mm, um and the fact that I'm able to do this and that and that shows that you're also able to do everything and anything under the sun if you really feel like it so and then when it comes to like mental health and all of that kind of stuff not everybody's household is very understanding so you Mm -hmm. can feel invalidated a lot of the time I think just giving people that reassurance that like it's okay to not be okay all the time and also resources that help me I always post them on my story because it helps me and it reminds myself. Most of the time I'm posting for myself and other people resonate with it. It's just kind of easy that way. Damn. Yeah, I really like that approach because it feels like um, you're coming from like this place of honesty and discussion, which I think people could mm. really pick up on. I like, Yeah. you know, it when you see it, when it's just like a really manufactured trying to like a self-help. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like, uh... yeah. and it's important to, um, I think with the well-being community is sometimes a bit counterproductive because there's like that toxic positive behavior Mm -hmm. where it's like just be happy just smile like it's like there's no just in this we have to acknowledge that all our emotions have a place every situation we're put in can teach us something when if we choose to take a lesson from it I've like bought loads of like self-help books and stuff because I I just love reading them really um (laughs) but I think sometimes they're just very tone deaf (laughs) Yeah. And can, and if you're not in the position to just be happy, you can kind of feel like, wow, I can't even do this. And this is supposed to be like bare minimum. And like when it comes to, to looking after yourself, what do we consider bare minimum? Because when your mental health isn't the best, something that is easy for some people might just be very hard for you so yeah just to acknowledge that really hell yeah because yeah for sure know what you're talking about like these pages where it paints life in just like this ultra uh optimistic standpoint <laughs> where everything is okay all the time and like that's that's and not achievable not, you feel like wow <laughs> right yeah yeah it's so easy to get down in yourself yeah the counter intention of like trying to engage with positive content but yeah acknowledging that like yeah life is kind of shit sometimes <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> awesome well um well thank you again for taking time every day to speak to me it's been very lovely no problem but uh in closing thank i was you. wondering what because this seems to be like a through line like despite it all you're still moving forward you're still like multi mm. multidisciplinary. you're still yeah i love that mindset of it's not talent you have to work for it and you like worked to get through this uh obstacle in your life it's it's working at it which it feels like yeah. that's like if I could give you a slogan, it's just work at it. <laughs> so what? Honestly, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. What advice would you give to someone who's like struggling with these things in their life and feel like they can't make any progress? I would probably say we are our biggest enemy. Mm. Um, and our doubt is usually what stops us from reaching our potential. So when it comes to fear, 
and rejection and stuff kind of do it with the fear regardless because fear doesn't really go anywhere even after posting all the things I post I still get anxious every time I post so do it with the fear regardless until it's just not as loud but fear doesn't go anywhere so that expectations of like being carefree and doing it I think it's fake just do it regardless (laughs) hell yeah if you have like the mindset of bad things are gonna happen you're never gonna like take that first step which I love yeah exactly so you just have to do it even I think even with that mindset you just have to do it anyway and you prove yourself wrong and it's a great feeling once you realize oh look at all that I've done and that whole time I was holding myself back because you always hear about like do it to prove other people wrong but like even proving yourself wrong that's like (laughs) yeah when I prove myself wrong that's when I feel most powerful (laughs) totally (laughs) (laughs) because like to an extent no one and I know this personally no one doubts me more than me so like (laughs) exactly for real sweet well uh, again thank you for being so open and honest and talking about you know thank your you life for and having experiences. me of course well i wish you a lovely evening right yeah it's not it's night yep. there <laughs> sweet yes evening here now very good well lovely evening and a great rest of the week and uh we'll be in touch thank you you too definitely ciao bye <laughs> Hi, my name's Chase. I'm calling from uh, Greater Vancouver, BC. What inspires me, I think, is anything that directs one towards possibility, whether that be imagination of what God is like or what is possible or what has been done in the past. I think anything that directs me to possibility and uh, potentiality outside of myself and my own immediate or finite limited circumstances into a greater reality um, it inspires me to live well and create. The name's Jonathan Ovingi of BC Canada and my biggest inspiration is all the talented voice actors out there and as well as my buddy Daniel Deemer. Stay cool. Hello sir. Howdy how's it going? I'm doing good how are you doing? <laughs> doing good as well doing very good. Uh, How's your day? I'm, I'm still. It, it's been it's been a pretty short day so far. So now now I'm here and still a little hazy, but uh, <laughs> we're good to go. Beauty. I guess maybe we could start off. Uh, if you were to like pitch yourself to someone who maybe wasn't familiar with you, like what would be the Daniel Deemer elevator pitch? Daniel Deemer elevator pitch. Uh, I'd say quiet, shy, mm-hmm. um, passionate, and I'm gonna finish it off there. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's on brand because I mean, I know for most of us in high school, seeing you transition from like this sporty, somewhat musical and then also somewhat reserved kid into this actor with a leading role was, was pretty surprising, I'm going to say. <laughs> I think it was probably more surprising for me than it was for pretty much anybody else, too. I, I think totally like the person that I was in high school was very much really honest and, and and really was who I was. So this very insecure and, and quiet and shy, but also I always had really big dreams. And so finding a medium where I kind of had to be put in the spotlight was kind of scary, but it was also very in line with my love for people and, and, and for trying to explore kind of humanity and, and what that means if, for, for both other people and my own life. So it's been, it's been really exciting, but also just terrifying as well. Totally. And that 
yeah, it feels like uh, definitely a different lateral step, but also maybe a bit of a natural progression because it seems like at least storytelling has been a through line because uh, if you want to speak to that book you published growing up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I've, I've always loved writing. Yeah. Um, the book that I published was a, like a very short story about a penguin detective. So uh-huh. um, that, that was, I think, less in line with the, the whole grand scheme of storytelling, but just more just like a fun project that because I just used to love to write in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, definitely. I, I think just just people has always been a very big interest of mine and then writing kind of helped me explore myself and what I was passionate about as well as helped me figure out and, and start questioning what other people are like because when you write for other characters you're usually writing for a perception or a, a view of the world that is not your own so that's kind of transferred very much in, into the, that acting world where you play characters that are completely different from yourself totally yeah writing is like this ultimate empathy tool which I exactly just love, I love it, it. Um, yeah exactly and uh, Victoria, BC, you know, while a city is definitely maybe on the smaller end. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious, what's the biggest adjustment factor in living in a larger city, say like Vancouver or L.A.? I mean, I think I got really lucky with the switch from Victoria to Vancouver first instead of Victoria to L.A. straight away. Vancouver, again, it's it's a lot more people, but the communities are still like you, you get to know everybody pretty quickly in, in whatever kind of industry you're in, mm. as long as you put yourself out there a little bit. And so it was for me, like the first year in Vancouver was really stressful. Again, being like quiet and shy and having so many people around all the time, it's a very different energy to get used to. Mm-hmm. But it helped me a lot for when I transitioned to LA, where even though the city was so much more massive, it was kind of divided up into very different communities. It's, it's a lot more spread out in that regard. So it kind of felt like it was I was coming back to a smaller kind of setting and just with infinite possibilities of where to go over the course of the land that is kind of there. It's just, it's so big and so spread out. So it's kind of felt pretty natural since the first big move. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like Vancouver would have been a good uh, uh, stepping stone to help in that for sure. Definitely. So you uh, mentioned before, but you had sort of this two year period where nothing seemed to be coming through. What like kept you motivated to keep going? I think at that point, it really was like just kind of the, the words of the people that I was closest to. Um, mm-hmm. My agents were and my, my team was was really, really supportive of me. Constantly said, hey, just just, just be patient because your your time will come. The, the family, despite going into something that was so obscure compared to what I've been doing before, right. was still really supportive of me. And, and even though they didn't really know what I was doing because nobody in my family is an actor, <laughs> They gave, they gave me everything that I kind of needed to kind of pursue it. And I think I think it was also just like the fear of having to go back to something that I, that I that wasn't pa- passionate about. I think mm. acting was the first thing that allowed me to really dive into who I really was as a person before with sports and academia. I felt kind of lost in, in, in certain areas, at least. And so I was just like, nah, I, I have to make it. It doesn't matter how long it takes. And I, and I never really put a timeline on it. I was just like, I just got to do this and, and get successful as fast as possible. Because I, I don't want to have to go to any other option. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've come this far. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess I guess now it's, it's been, I think it's easier to say I've made the right choice. But the, mm-hmm. the first few years was was very up and down in, in the mental state of like being like, okay, yeah, we're, we're okay. We're okay. And trying to convince myself of that on a daily basis. And of yeah. course, yeah. It's so blessed to have like that support group around you. Because I mean, like, I guess. Huge. It's not maybe standard for everyone, but uh, it sounds like you're very blessed to have that. Now, you've had your hand at a few roles now. Is yeah. that is the approach to finding a character um, 
their motivation, support, mannerisms, all that. Is that developing with each new role? Or do you find yourself starting from square one each time you get a script? I think for for me, it's it's a weird process where I don't really have a process where I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like so much of who I am generally is just very intuitive. And for acting, it's kind of translated into the same sort of thing. I, I had a lot of coaches for a really long time try to explain sort of a more detailed approach of how to try to figure out a character and, and put together a, a world. And I found that it just didn't feel honest to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, if, if I don't understand this character on, on a heart or a soul level, then I can't play it truthfully and and I guess there there's certain actors out there who are technically a lot better than I am but it basically was like a search over the last like five years or so to just to find as many aspects of myself as I could and to really dive into new relationships and friendships and and, and romantic relationships and, and work relationships and just to really figure out who I was in those places and then to explore more avenues myself so that when I came across characters that I didn't really know before, all of a sudden I was able to kind of connect with them on a more personal basis so I could just be truthful and, and as long as I, I, I can find that link between myself and the character, then I, there's pretty much no work that I have to do. It really is just trusting myself. And and that's been really cool to see the difference recently where I I can get a character and within like two minutes, put a tape on and and it'll be completely different from one that if you gave me a tape like five minutes later that I'd be able to do something completely different with it again without really trying. And, And that's just based off of connecting kind of with the heart where the character kind of comes from, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. As we were speaking to you, like, it starts with knowing yourself and then building up those, like, personal relationships in your life. Because, yeah, yeah, the more you understand yourself, the more you understand relationships. And that's just going to help you in the acting process, I can only imagine. Definitely, definitely. I think also, like, making sure I'm aware of, like, the people around me in general. And just, like, when we caught up, it was just, like, making sure I I hear where your heart's at more than anything. Because I think when you you (laughs) figure out someone's, like, inspiration for why they do things, you can really tell what, what they want to do in the world why they want to do it and why they're doing the things they are to kind of get there and i think that explains so much more of a person than any other singular thing and so that's been really cool to kind of dive into is just caring about people and having that kind of give me all the tools i need to find success in in this weird kind of way damn yeah wow you're spitting facts out here i like it (laughs) awesome and i'd be remiss if we didn't at least touch on the half of it um And the thing I probably love most about movies is like, we only see the tip of the iceberg when we're sitting in the theater, we devote Mm -hmm. two hours of our time, and then Mm -hmm. we take that experience with us, we maybe mull it over, but we only see that two hours, and there's thousands of hours of prep, shooting, editing, downtime on set. What moments stand out to you the most in retrospect that we didn't see on screen? Um, I mean, like there, there, there's too many individual moments to kind of dive into that means something I think to me that they probably won't mean to you. Right. But I think the the biggest thing would be just like the emotional exhaustion behind it all. Cause you're going where we were going straight for close to two months. We had like two weeks of rehearsal and then a month and a half of shooting. Mm-hmm. And it was basically like. 10 to 16 hour days on set and there were certain scenes that we had like where I'm sitting between Ellie and, and, and her father and I'm eating taco sausage just like, with like the biggest smile on my face mm-hmm. when it, it was like 2 a.m when we shot that on a Friday after like an exhausting week and and it was just like between takes I could not there was no smile available to me I was just like I, I can't I can't do it and so it was like everything I could to just to try and get even the like the 
energy to be in a happy place for just like a second. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was kind of like the thing that was kind of constant over the film was just like trying to conserve my energy as much as possible, Um, especially as an introvert in a setting where you're surrounded by so many people. And so that when you go on set, you can really be honest to the character and where they're in when that's definitely not where you are naturally. But yeah, I mean, and then again, on on the side, there's like some really cool moments where like for the train sequence, the, 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 the camera that shot it, we loaded it on this crazy little contraption that was basically like a four wheel bike mm-hmm. where the cameramen were like pedaling away on a, on a side train track, right? That parallel beside the actual train that was moving. And the boom guy, the guy that gets the sound is just sprinting behind them <laughs> as I'm in frame screaming, Hey, at, at Ellie. <laughs> and they're just biking as fast as they can to keep up with this train. And, and, and the entire time I have to be in this exact position between the camera and the train. Otherwise I'm out of frame. Mm-hmm. And so trying to catch this, train that's inching towards 20 miles per hour while also being very aware of the of the people that are like biking their hardest beside me mm-hmm. and so it's just like a crazy kind of thing when when you get down to like the logistics of it but it works so well and i'm just like really proud of everybody involved with the whole thing and i saw you uh you shared a, a video of that on twitter i think there there might be other videos of it floating around but it's it's quite when it comes into frame and you see the contraption that they've built to yeah to follow <laughs> you it's it's quite bizarre but it's really qu- quite cool i like yeah definitely yeah yeah no it's a lot of fun i think with with the football scenes we had they had it a lot easier where they had this like basically massive like almost atv type truck thing Mm -hmm. so it was they were just driving around on the field making sure they weren't running over the players in their way and (laughs) and that was that was about it so that helped them out but that one they had to put in a lot of work that day for sure beauty beauty Awesome. Well, um, your trajectory only seems to be onward and upward, which is really, you know, exciting. What goals are you looking forward to, uh, to pursue next in your future? I hope it doesn't sound too like arrogant, but uh, <laughs> I, I genuinely want to win an Oscar someday, less for the sake of winning an award and, and more for the sake of if I'm winning an Oscar, that means that I'm probably working with the, the greatest talents in the world in terms of like directing writing cinematography i want to work on projects with really passionate people that really care about the stories they're telling i think if i'm doing that at at the highest level of of the industry then it's going to give me uh, a platform to be able to tell stories that i really care about so i I really would like to work with like roger deakins for example on the cinematography side and then denis villeneuve on the directing side i'd love to do something like prisoners and whatnot and so there's lots of like really cool indie gritty kind of films i'm looking at then then i'm also a massive fan of fantasy so to jump on like the Lord of the Rings or Wheel of Time would always be something that's kind of been on my heart as well. I mean, that's I grew up reading like a madman and that was mm-hmm. kind of how I escaped. Um, and so to kind of dive into these worlds as an actor is like an escape on just like the most cool level ever, um, as well as being something where I'm like, hopefully I can tell stories that actually mean something. Damn. Yeah, and I think that's probably from our conversations that we've had. That's probably what I appreciate most is and you spoke to before about like your desire to win an oscar it's not i feel like you're not motivated by sort of the recognition but sort of you want those people that are just as passionate as you are to work with which is just definitely yeah definitely i think i think almost the opposite where i think i'm a little bit like scared of the recognition because it's a lot easier to do life when you're when you're not being watched 
And I think it, it puts an added pressure just to be very aware of your day to day, which I think in some ways is actually a good thing because it, it holds me accountable for everything. Because if I do one stupid thing, it, it's, it's on the internet for everybody to see. And so obviously there's pressure there, but there's also this inner desire to really be the, the best person I can be so that if anything does get captured on film, it, it really is uh, of me ho- hopefully doing something that, that that people can look up to and, and be the type of person that I wanted to be when I was a kid. It's something that I have mixed feelings about where it's just like it, you kind of need recognition to be able to have the platform and be able to get views, but also it, it changes kind of the way that you do life in a way. And so it's, it's uh, something I'm a little scared of as well. Totally. Yeah, definitely a, a double-edged sword there. But I, uh, I at least trust you to wield it uh, wisely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Of course. I, I appreciate the faith. It means a lot. <laughs> awesome. Thank you again for taking time out of your day to speak to me and uh, no, just being so Thank open you. and honest. Um, if you had any advice to give to someone who's um, questioning pursuing this big dream that maybe seems like so far out of their initial field, what would you recommend? I think no matter where you are, I think it's just follow your heart, really. I think whether it's a big dream or a small dream, whether it's something that seems unattainable or very attainable, um, I think it's always about really being true to yourself. I think if you want to be a librarian and there's a librarian spot open in your in your community, it's just like, go for it. If that's really what you want to do. And if your parents are being like, hey, maybe you should have lofted your goals, but something gives you purpose and, and it makes you happy, then I think that it's something that's that's just as important as pursuing something that like maybe becoming an astronaut one day. So <laughs> I think at that point, it's, it's, it's really being just just true to, to yourself and be willing to kind of explore things that might be scary and, and put the work in to kind of get there. And, and again, also, I think it's just surround yourself with the right people. I think um, I've been very lucky to have friends that have been supportive of my heart and uh, worked with people that have been equally as supportive. And I think that was the determining factor in me getting here so, so, so early. I, I, I really have no doubts about it that, mm-hmm. that I wouldn't be here without just so many people being so loving and patient with me. I mean, I got into this kind of late and really doubted myself for a really long time. So yeah, those would be my two things is like follow your heart um, and put the work into to get there and then surround yourself with, with the right people. And I think then all of a sudden life kind of starts to make a little bit more sense and is the, the the rough patches don't feel as rough when you're able to talk about them to the people that you surround yourself with. Totally. Once you have that like inner vision and then the people that can like support that vision. That's that's basic ingredients. That's all you need. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I, I think that's yeah, like like you said, the basic ingredients for everything and then hopefully you can make a pretty good meal out of it all. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, thank you again, Daniel. It's been a good chat. No, of course. I mean, like I like I told you, I mean, I, I genuinely love what you're doing here with with these uh-huh. interviews, and and I really hope that just hopefully matches up with 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 the rest of them. I've I've heard some really cool stories on here, and it's it's been really really exciting to kind of join in with you on this. So I appreciate you for sure. <laughs> too kind, sir. Too kind. Well, <laughs> I uh, I wish you the best of luck and uh, rest of the week too. Likewise. We'll talk soon. <laughs> Sounds good. Take care, Brad. Ciao. Ciao. Special thanks to Annie, Jadeen, and Daniel for making this episode possible, as well as everyone who submitted a response online. Intro music provided by Wayfie, that's W-A-Y-F-I-E, and accompanying tracks by Low Boil, that's L-O-B-O-I-L, who can both be found on all major streaming platforms. Low Boil's newest EP, Dawn, released just a couple days ago, and I highly recommend you check it out. But as always, I'll see you soon, and thanks for tuning in to Blonde Radio.